What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Deer Vein Podcast. And this episode, we are staying on the trending style of arrow builds and high FOC. <laughs> so uh, I got Parker with me today. Parker uh, worked at a bow shop for, was it six years, man? No, it wasn't that long. It was oh, really? uh, three years. Three years? Years? I feel like yeah. I thought you were there a lot longer. But, well, I was just went there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, I got, yeah, Parker with me. And Parker is kind of one of those guys who everyone kind of aspires to be and just like tinkers with his bow all the time and puts in the effort. So he's a good person to have on this. And him and I differ a little bit on the high FOC versus standard arrows. And uh, so it's a good, it's a good discussion to have. And we're going to talk about like those arrow builds and how you like what the reason, what the purpose is behind them and make, uh, and then let you like kind of leave it out there for you guys to make your own decision. Right. Like that's, that's the, I did like last year I shot a 650 grain arrow or something like that. Like it was heavy as shit, but I was shooting, uh, or two years ago, I was shooting a, a Matthews monster, 80 pounds, like five and a half inch brace height or some shit. And it was just, you know, sending those things at 280 feet per second. I mean, it was, it was a cannon. So I tried that. And then last year, I, sh last year I was still, I was shooting some Valkyries, which were a little bit lighter, like 570. And this year I'm down to 530. And then Parker shoots like a 450, uh, grain arrow. And like the, the big question that I like, it's happening all the time right now. Like that's, like I said, trending is just like, do you do high FOC? Do you not a hunting public had it on some ranch ferry. Uh, the ranch ferry is talking about it. And then I, it's just a, it's just a very common question and, uh, and common thing talked about. And I just want to give you guys our opinion on it um, because there's, there's pros and cons to it for sure. And it's just kind of what you're, what you're happy with and what you can shoot best with, I think is what it really comes down to. Um, so anyway, that's uh that's what we're talking about today and the best way parker and i were talking about this beforehand to like break down this topic is we're going to start from the front of the arrow and work our way back so starting with broadheads and then going inserts or outserts to the arrow spine maybe we'll kind of mix those up a little bit and then yeah. flushing, <clears throat> then knocks and just kind of go over what we've experienced and Get, and give you guys the pros and cons of all that and then go from there so for the purposes of this i feel like as far as broadheads go we should probably talk about mainly fixed blades as you're going with high foc stuff because the whole point of penetration of high foc is greater penetration mm -hmm. and like expandables just don't don't do it like they're they're wrong not, category yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> But there is there is obviously a, a very good spot for mechanicals in in your quiver. Like I have them every season for turkeys for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. you don't need yeah. right. You don't need a ton of penetration on turkeys. You just need to. No, actually, the less is better, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, you just want to pop a giant hole in them, leave that arrow in them, so they can't fly away. Exactly. <laughs> like six inches. <laughs> That's what, That's she, what said. she said. Yeah. <laughs> uh all right um, we're off topic already yep yep <laughs> um but anyway okay so starting with broadheads um 
So high FOC, you need to have a, a fixed blade. Um, and then the standard broadhead weights are 100 and 125. I remember yeah. years ago, like when we first started, there were like 75 grain heads. Yeah, once in a while you still see, I think it's like an 85, an 85. once in a while, but it's pretty uncommon for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, 100, 100, I think, I mean, any of the major brands out there are going to have 100 grain. The 125s are even kind of hit or miss. I feel like mm -hmm. they are kind of making a comeback um, just with all this high FOC talk. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, it was like 10 years ago, like it was 100 grain was the, the go-to, right? Yeah. I remember I started out the very first pack of broadheads I bought. I was like, heavier's got to be better. So I bought the 125s yeah. and then you're yeah. like, nah, like the most common's 100. So just like right. shoot 100. And I didn't think anything of it. So I just started shooting 100. Right. Why do you think, like, I personally think the industry went that way for speed. Probably. Yeah. It's yeah. just a good combination, right? Like you get to, you know, I'm, I'm sure it goes all the way back to when they just had aluminum arrows, probably pre-carbon, you know, what balanced out an aluminum arrow, you know, what they felt was the best at the time. Yeah. It probably landed right in that ballpark, you know? Yeah. And the, that, that is a great point because aluminum arrows just weigh so much that, you know, mm -hmm. like that's a ton of just momentum right there too. Sure. You know, and I like to think about like, uh, I like to think about arrow setups like I would like guns. Like, you know, a 243 will kill a deer, but so will a 300 wind mag. And it's just, yeah. oh, of, absolutely. Right. <laughs> you know, and like light yeah. arrows are like the 243, you got a lot of speed and a lot of, and it's a sim seemingly easier to shoot or whatever. And then you got a 300 that'll just blow them up, but you gotta, you know, I, I don't know. That's how I like to think about it a little bit. Um, but okay, so you got the 100 grains, 125s, and then there are companies that like Valkyrie and some other ones make 150s, mm -hmm. 200s, <clears throat> 250s. I mean, Valkyrie even makes a 300 for traditional archers. And if you want to go that route, if you just look up traditional archery broadheads, like that's where you're going to find your real high FOC because yeah. those guys are shooting 170 feet per second and they're getting pass-throughs on deer with those giant ass arrows but again they're shooting 650 700 grain arrows right which yeah. uh sounds awesome but coming out of uh like a 2970 bow those things are hard as hell to tune yeah <laughs> you know and that's that's the big that to me is like the big differentiator there is because as you get higher in foc they become harder to tune and you need more time yourself because you can't just take that into an archery shop a lot of them are like yeah i don't know this isn't something we see every day right like right or you, have, you actually have to go try you know a few different spines which i'm you know we'll get into later but yeah some of those specialized arrows too are whatever 20 30 40 bucks a piece where it makes it tough to go buy a half a dozen of them just to see if it's gonna work you know right yeah <laughs> for sure yeah like i was shooting the black black eagle x impacts and those were i don't know 210 or 230 a dozen yeah you know? yeah something it's like hard that. To play with. that was expensive <laughs> man i did not want to lose any of those arrows <laughs> no <laughs> speaking of which um, i broke my first one uh, just yesterday oh did you <laughs> dang yeah cracked it right in the back <laughs> Ooh. um so anyway, yeah, so you got the 100s, 125s, and then you have bigger out there. And most people who are going to shoot like high FOC, 
you got to like, it, it's a whole build out process and you, it's all about numbers. And it's like a bunch of, if you imagine a bunch of gears that need to fit together, you have to find all the right puzzle pieces to fit together. And it's just a lot of math and, and running numbers and checking charts is really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, like you have, I guess I was shooting 200 grain heads and this year I dropped down to 125s and then put an outsert on there a half out which was 50 grains so i'm up to 175 and i did that just because again it goes back to tuning your arrow is that it's so difficult to make sure that your arrow is tuning properly because with a fixed blade like your bow needs to be tuned otherwise like you can you can shoot you can shoot out to 20 yards and do okay like with with a poorly tuned bow but once you get like 30 and 40 yards like man, it starts whipping out there, you know, like you're shooting six inches off to one side or seven inches or eight inches. And even that can even happen at 20 yards if it's that out of tune, you know, and if you make the wrong calculations and stuff. So it just, Mm -hmm. it is high FOC is, is cool, but it is a time suck and you got to put a lot of effort into it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) one of the things that like, and I was not having good luck with mine, with my arrows. So this year, what I did was I was just like, I'm just going to clean the slate. I got um, a new VXR and I wanted a whole new build. And I still wanted a, like a heavier arrow. I wanted something greater than 500 grains. And the reason I wanted that is I just listened to a ton of podcasts on arrow builds. And generally, like the heavier arrow, the better penetration you're going to get in general. And front of center makes up increases that penetration um but in general just a, a heavier arrow just like you know a, it's just going to do more damage it's going to have more, more momentum you're going to lose speed yeah. but you're going to have more momentum when you hit that animal um so then if you do, do hit a rib you do possibly hit a shoulder you have a hard quartering two shot or something like that and you clip a shoulder or something like that the odds of you penetrating that and still getting to those lungs is greater than if you were shooting um, you know, an expandable that was with a 400 grain arrow, but you were shooting, you know, 330 feet per second, but your arrow can't that momentum, like your arrow would glance off versus smash that bone or something. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And part like tell that story about Dylan's Dylan's. I mean, it's a classic, you know, shooting a light arrow. I think he he was probably shooting 70 pounds at the time or high sixties. And had a 20-yard shot on a – it was a young doe, essentially. And, I, you know, I wasn't there, so I don't know if it was perfectly broadside and all that. But he claimed that it was. And sure enough, he, he hit it a little bit back, and it glanced off of one of the, like, back few ribs and exited, I don't know, probably two inches in front of the rear ham on the opposite side. And he was shooting a big, expandable broadhead. And – I mean, that was just a classic case, right? And and that deer, you know, he thought he double-lunged it. It was kind of right at the back end of the lungs there. And we started trailing it, and we were trailing and trailing and trailing and trailing, and we actually had to leave it overnight because I think we jumped it or or whatever. It was a while ago. But uh, it it literally glanced off on a 20-yard shot, probably 30 degrees, I would say, somewhere in that, you know, ballpark where it's kind of, kind of surprising. It's something you wouldn't expect, but it does happen. Yeah. 
And that's like, and, and like a story like that. And then, I mean, everybody, if you start talking to people enough about broadheads, like everybody kind of has a story about an issue with generally speaking rage, like rage broadheads just seem to have a lot of them. <laughs> they're easy to pick on. Right? Yeah. They're easy to pick on. And they're probably the most used broadhead. Oh, yeah. like people, oh, yeah. like when those things came out, you know, and, and, and as I understand it, like they were phenomenal right off the bat and they did really well. And then they sold. And then the new buyer was like, how can we keep these the same price, but make them cheaper. So we increase our margin. Mm-hmm. And that's how you start getting, you know, lower and lower quality product. Um, but in general, you know, that's, that's kind of my theory on why people go high FOC and why people want to get a heavier arrow is for those situations and why you shoot a fixed blade It's just cause you don't have, you don't have issues like that. They always open, they're always open and mm-hmm. you're always gonna, you're going to have greater penetration and greater knockdown power. Mm-hmm. That being said, like expandables, they have a two and a half inch cutting diameter, you know, and there are some great expandables out there. I haven't, you know, right now I'm shooting, um, what are they called? They are, uh, schwackers so i have schwackers in my quiver um Mm -hmm. when i want them or when i need them Mm -hmm. but and the nice thing about those is you don't have to tune them well you you kind of you you do but (laughs) but you don't like if you in a a normal typical hunting situation deer hunting situation you're probably fine but i bet you if you get out if you start shooting them beyond 40 yards you're still gonna see some some differences if you don't have a tuned ball for sure yeah i hundred percent agree. It's just like, you know, same as a field tip. Like that's what everyone right. believes and that's right. what everyone thinks. And like, like you said, out to 40 yards, like most people aren't going to notice a difference because, and it's one thing that I found out with trying high FOC arrows. Like if you have bad form, like those accentuate, accentuate, is that the right word? Accentuate. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Your poor form. So like, mm-hmm if you have an, a slight issue with like a poor grip or something and you're shooting expandables, you might notice it a little bit, might not. And if, but if you're shooting at a fixed blade, a high FOC fixed blade, like 150 grain head, you're going to know, like you're going to know that it's off three inches to the right. Whereas an expandable might be a half inch or an inch. And you might be like, "Ah, I might've just pulled that one. Right. Right. Um, I think on that note though, is, Typically, I th- and correct me if I'm wrong, but the 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 higher weight heads are typically pretty big, right? Like they don't have like a super compact, like 200 grain. It's not a slick trick, another. right? <laughs> it's not so, a tiny little and, slick and, trick. And, no. and that's just a that's just another. You know, it kind of coincides with it when you're shooting a big, long, wide exp- or fixed blade head like that. I mean, it's going to be really prone to try to plane off. I mean, it's essentially acting like a vein. So if your arrow's coming at your bow crooked, that broadhead is actually going to pull your arrow that direction, right? Yeah. So that go that ties right into it with, I mean, shooting a high front of center with a big, big, heavy broadhead, you got to take tuning into consideration just from the size of the broadhead perspective. Yeah, for sure. No, that makes total sense because, I mean, that wind is just going to catch it that much more. Exactly. As you, yep. So that needs thing, he needs to come out perfectly straight out of that bow yep. in order yep. for it to cut really well. Yeah, right. that, that's that's a great point. Because mm-hmm. there's a trend with these with smaller, like, 100-grain heads that they're making them just super, super tiny, right? So you can kind of get away without the tune, you know, sort mm-hmm. of to a degree, you know, again, out to maybe 30, 40 yards, but 
I think when you're when you're in those longer ranges, regardless of what you're shooting, if you're not tuned, you're going to see some issues. Right. Yeah. So that's the yeah. So that's like kind of like the pros and cons. Why you'd shoot an expandable? Like, if you're shooting an expandable, just wait for a, for wait for a good broadside shot and take it. It's just those marginal shots that you'd really want that fixed blade because you you don't know. Like, I know you shot that you shot your elk square on. Was it last year? Two years ago? You sh- you shot your elk pretty much square on with a fixed yeah, blade. Yep, yep. Right, and just yeah, punched straight in, and that thing. You know, shooting what? What's your arrow weight? Four fifty or something like that. That was a no. That was an even lighter. That was just a standard gold tip XT hunter, whatever they are. I I don't even remember exactly yeah. what the weight was. Probably four hundred, four twenty, and that was only shooting sixty pounds too. Sure, and you. So. I mean, granted, how how close was the shot? Yeah, it was like fifteen yards. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. So, but and but I mean, you got you got plenty of penetration and killed yeah. a nice a nice five by five elk with with yep. that arrow like it's not it's not like it's undoable by any means the the thing that i think everyone needs to keep in mind it's what you can shoot most accurate that you're the most comfortable with like yeah. like you clearly don't want to shoot like you don't want to be pulling 80 pounds trying to shoot like a 300 grain arrow like that's mm-hmm. probably just like that thing's gonna just shoot out in the wind and just fly around yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so you, you have to find something that fits your bow well. And like, generally speaking, I mean, if you're shooting 60 to 70 pounds, like you're in that and, and it draw, draw length comes hugely into this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so I don't even want to give a thought there, but like most people shoot like a 28 or 29 inch draw, like in general. Yeah. Um, That's probably the bulk. Yeah. So like a, a, a 400, to a 500 grain arrow somewhere in that range at 70 pounds is probably like that's going to be your standard arrow that your archery shop's going to sh- set you up with yep, yep right they say they say the minimum weight if you're so take your draw weight and multiply it by five so like a 70 pound draw weight bare minimum should be shooting a 350 grain arrow okay when you get below that it gets dangerous actually like that's where you can potentially damage your bow or blow it up or whatever sure so and and i think all of the bow speeds are calculated at 350 grain arrow it's like when you see an ibo speed it's like 30 inch draw 70 pounds 350 grain arrow right so and that's kind of like like an unattainable number (laughs) anyway i feel like it is realistically yeah yeah yeah. it's it's hard to get there but you can i mean it's definitely doable but yeah um (laughs) No, that's, that's good to know. And that's one of the other things that I think like archery shops set up so many bows that when you come in and you have certain specs for you, like they they just know like, Oh, this arrow with this broadhead, you know, this 300 grain arrow or 300 spine arrow with a hundred grain head is going to tune like butter. And I can just throw this on there and it's, and we're golden. And that's what they're going to set you up with. It's not necessarily I don't think, to be honest, like I think archery shops sometimes are in the neighborhood of what can I get this out the, out the door with, with as minimal work as I can, that's going to tune great. And just like, it's going to be butter. And once you get in a zone, um, you can just set people up with that thing and just crank them out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say for new setups. Yeah. You and I both know the person I'm talking about when, when I say that, like, it's not necessarily, they're not sitting here going, what can I tinker with? 
to get this guy to shoot the heaviest arrow that he can and still have him shoot well like how can we make it a little better right yeah no it's it's what can i crank these out with because i mean archery shops are hard businesses too it's not like those guys are rolling in you know 500 grand a year and they're just you know raking in the money like those guys need their time's valuable and so um, i can see why they do that but uh so like when you're when you're working on your arrows like I just wanted a heavier arrow because I wanted that more penetration. That's just my, my school of thought. And Parker, you're just, you've, you proved it multiple times at Bowfest. You're a better shot. <laughs> so so if, if you want to, if you want to shoot the, shoot the lungs, you can shoot the lungs. I might clip a shoulder <laughs> and, and get that little eight ring in there, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, so that's why, that's why I just wanted I wanted a heavier arrow so that if I did mess up, like I would still get decent penetration. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I have a 530 grain arrow. I'm shooting 75 pounds at a 30 inch draw. So that just works for me. Um, and I got those things to, I mean, they fly extremely well, um, set it up at the shop and I've swapped on some uh, 125 grain iron wheel wide cuts. And I started like I was just sending you snaps the other day. Like I put them yeah. on the other day and out to 40 yards, I'm right in the little Reinhardt circle. I mean, I was yeah, very happy deal. with that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was, Im- I impressed myself that morning. <laughs> I was like, man. Well, hey, confidence uh, is a big thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Confidence was huge. Cause I mean, there's been a few times that I haven't had good shots. And then after you don't, after you have a bad shot on an animal, like, you just you feel like you're you're no good like you feel like you're just a terrible shot and you got to need to go like reset and it takes you like a couple weeks to get back in the woods at least for me like it just makes me awful for sure um sure so that's the that's the broadhead and when and when you're figuring out like a broadhead um it's it's whatever you want to shoot whatever broadheads you want to shoot like you got those annihilators this year right Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like those things are tiny. No, very tiny. I was like, <laughs> I was really surprised when I got them. I, was, I mean, they advertise that they're you know small and more field point like, and obviously they don't have a big cutting diameter. It's like I think it's less than an inch, like point nine inches or something. Yeah. When I took it out of the package, I was like, "Holy shit! This looks like a toy, like or like a dart." <laughs> <you know? laughs> like, but like, and right. they but then they advertise like because of the way it's designed it should act mm-hmm. like a uh you know 0.9 inch bullet hole right like and just well yeah there's more cutting what is it more cutting area or something even though the diameter is a little smaller i don't know how they did the math i gotta look at the right. look at the package they explain it <laughs> look at that marketing <laughs> material first yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but they fly great yeah super awesome i mean out to 60 i've shot them so far and they're right there with my field tips yeah and that's like, that's, that's an added piece for that whole, you know, the bigger, the bigger your broadhead, the heavier broadhead, the more it's going to plane out, the more you have to be spot on with your tune yeah. and, and your yeah. form, which is another like whole nother topic yeah. Yeah. having problems with that. And um, Parker and I sat down and I had him watch me for 15 minutes and he helped me with my form and my grip. And after that, everything started clicking a lot better. And then I was mm-hmm. I was just shooting a lot better overall. And that's something that I would recommend to anybody 
you know, yeah. get kind of a form coach or at least go to your archer shop and pay, pay, 50, pay 50 bucks to have them watch you right. for 30 minutes, an hour and, and give you pointers. It is a hundred percent worth it. If, and if, if you're a new archer and you buy a bow from a pro shop, they should give you the time. I mean, that's, that's no joke. And if, and if they're not willing to do that, if they want more money for that, you need to find a new pro shop. Buy, yeah. Buy a bow from someone else. Exactly. Cause it's, it's, it's terrible, you know, especially if you're coming fresh out of the get go. Right. I mean, even if you're experienced and, and you're sitting in there and doing something drastically wrong, they should sit there and be like, Hey man, <laughs> take it, take it for what it's worth, but maybe you should try this. <laughs> I mean, no, that's why I, they're I a pro shop, right? Yeah. It's one of those things that I like thought about and I was like, man, you know what? Um, like when you play any sport, the first thing you do is like join a team and get a coach, like and somebody yeah. to help yeah, you, you progress. You always have a coach, right? Yeah. You don't like people, people don't advertise that in archery. Like you just, you go buy a bow and you <laughs> shoot it. And it's like, there's right. more to it than just that. Like oh, yeah. there's, there's more to like, and I mean, you see it all the time on Facebook and Instagram, people posting of themselves shooting their bow and you're like, wow, that stance is awful. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, like that's yeah, tweak, the first... tweak my form. It's like, all right, dude, let's start over. <laughs> let's start with your feet. Yeah. 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 I don't even care about where your arms are. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. And it's funny. Cause like, now that you like, when you say an archery coach, like I immediately, and then maybe this is just me, but I think like, Oh, Olympic level. Mm-hmm. nobody gets an archery coach that isn't you know shooting the olympics but at the same time it's kind of like damn that's like could be a good gig actually or like you know every every pro shop if you buy a bow from us they should be your coach and you'd hope that they at least kind of have a an understanding of what they're looking at yeah i mean when i when i bought mine from papa's papa's trading post and arena mm-hmm. um they uh like he sat there after we got it all set up, we sat there for 45 minutes and he just helped me work on my form. And he's like, Hey, Hey, I mean, it's looking good. I can obviously tell you're getting tired after 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> go home, put in, put in a couple hundred more arrows. And whenever you're ready after, after you shoot 200 arrows through this, come back and we'll do it again. It doesn't cost yeah. you anything. You know, we'll set aside an hour, just call us ahead of time and, and we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. Which, which is the reason I went there to buy the bow. Like that's like, to me, that's, that's extremely valuable. Whereas other pro shops are like, here's your bow, go get them. I paper tuned it. Like yeah, you're good. Ready to it's perfect. Right. And most of the prices now are like really comparable or the same. So it's like, you're really shopping for service is what you're looking for. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes like, paying a little more for that service is very worth it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree. So anyway, let's, let's go from the, we talked about the broadhead a little bit um, and we kind of covered expandables versus fixed um, inserts, half outs and outserts would be the next component mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. And I think that's like <clears throat> every arrow comes with inserts already. If you want to get aftermarket inserts to add more weight, you can. Mm-hmm. And that's what I didn't get aftermarkets like the black Eagle rampage arrows that I shoot just come out yep. come with half outs um, yep. that are an extra 50 grains. So it gives me a little bit more front of center. It, like yep. up front, I have 125 grain head with a 50 grain half out, which gives me one, 175 up front. Um, yep. And I've had one of those break 
on me. One of those. Um, oh. I don't know what I hit. I hit something in my target. I couldn't tell you what, really? but it was like, it was like Nick when Nick shot that target. Yeah. At yeah. There's just something. Um, dude, you got like a broadhead stuck in there. So dude, I don't know. <laughs> that was, so I, I know I have some, so something stuck in my Reinhardt 18 and one. I know there's yeah. something in there. Yeah. I vaguely remember like losing something <laughs> in there one time, <laughs> but this was, this was that Glendale target that I bought, man. I've had oh. that thing for like, I don't know nine years now or something but yeah that uh i don't know what's in there but i i hit something and that half out broke um Hmm. and i had heard that like the black eagle rampages like their half out is it's good but they Mm -hmm. will break like it's not like top of the line aftermarket components you know the same um yeah and every arrow like i mean if you're buying carbon expresses or gold tips or or any of those brands, any Easton, like the inserts they give you, they're good, but I mean, they can break, but yeah. most of the time people, <clears throat> people are going to like lose that arrow first. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, if you're hitting something hard enough, that's going to break that. Like it's going to fuck up your arrow too. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're probably not going to want to shoot that arrow again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but you can get the outserts as well. Just like the mm-hmm. full outsert, which I had with that Valkyrie system. Um, yep. I don't know. I think it was like six, maybe I forget the grains on it. I don't even want to quote it. It was either 16 sure. or 61. I'm a little dyslexic. So <laughs> I would imagine it's more than 16. Yeah. yeah. That's a, so it's that's like a standard insert yeah. kind of weight. Yeah. So, um, I think the point of those were to like reinforce that front end. So if you do hit yeah. bone, that com- piece of the arrow won't break. Like yeah. it'll help it push through that animal yep. better. Yeah. I think that's kind of a goal of an outsert. I mean, aside from putting more weight in, cause you could put, you could put equally as much weight or more in a standard insert technically, mm-hmm. but the goal of the outsert is to kind of protect the end of the shaft a little more. You don't have to kind of finagle with the insert, blah, 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 blah. So it's kind of two parted. Right. And then a half out is like almost in between, I guess. Yeah, but at the same t- see at the same time, I've only heard like half outs, and that's I don't know for people that don't know, like you'd have the part of the insert that goes inside the arrow, and then you have like what is it half an inch hanging out the front of the arrow, mm-hmm. versus yeah. a regular insert is like an eighth of an inch hanging out the front of the arrow, and it's really not like meant for weight; it's meant just to screw the freaking tip into. But, yeah, um, and I don't, yeah, I think it's just like you're saying, it's protecting that shaft. Yeah. So it yeah. takes when you, if you have a hard impact, like a bone or something, right? Like it's going to take more of that. It'll absorb it. Yeah. Yeah. Than just that eighth of an inch standard insert, then it'll go, yeah. you know, directly into the shaft and probably just shatter the shaft. Right. 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 Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's big debate on those three then there's all well there's actually hidden inserts too but i'm really not that familiar i suppose like people are still using them quite a bit i think they make like heavy ones now but um but that leaves the whole front end of the shaft exposed and i've never been a huge fan of them i've literally seen some tips get shoved into a shaft with hidden inserts like on the early axis the eastern really? axis type of, oh yeah Interesting. hit something hard and it just slams it right inside the shaft <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not well, good <laughs> do with that one. so i don't know if they're better now or what like i say i haven't really played with those at all huh. but um yeah kind of four different options and it's more about i would say 
the style you want because you can technically make any version of them weigh as much as you want. Yeah. There are, yeah. there's weights that screw into the back end of the insert and the threaded part, essentially where your field tip would screw in from the other side um, that you could put a hundred grain insert in your arrow if you wanted to. And I think they also make like different materials, like they have brass inserts and things like that. But mm-hmm. you know, you're talking money. That stuff's not cheap, essentially. No. And there's cheaper options. You know, it's probably cheaper to buy a 50 grain half out than it is to buy an insert and then well, it comes 40, the 40 grams of weights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> that was that was the other thing that I really took into consideration was the Valkyrie setups I had. I mean, that if I lost that arrow. Like I was losing like 50 to 60 bucks that one arrow. <laughs> yeah. You know? seriously. Um, right. Whereas now if I lose an arrow, I'm losing, I don't know, 20 bucks. Well, right. actually with, not with the iron wheels, Without the iron a, wheels are more expensive, but I'm only, yeah, the broadheads throw another curve in there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just like the components are expensive. Yeah. So, I mean, you hear people that shoot those Valkyries and stuff and like, if they break their arrow, they're just looking for that front four inches. Right. Right, there's like, 40, 40 bucks that, that they could save by finding yeah. that thing. <laughs> exactly. So it's yeah, yeah, it's definitely not cheap, but uh, but yeah, you can you can go a lot of different routes on that, and that mm-hmm. it like an outsert gives you the most reinforcement. But if you're shooting whitetails, I don't know yeah. how much it really matters. I have yeah, no you, idea. I mean, and and this is the hard part, right? Like I did a lot of research this year trying to figure out what I wanted to shoot with my bow. And there's so many, you know, 50-50 reviews of, oh, the outserts are way stronger. And then, oh, the outserts are way weaker. And then, oh, the half-outs are <laughs> way weaker. And, oh, the half-outs are the best median. And, like, it's a freaking coin toss. I look at it more like, how much weight do you want in the front? Because with an outsert system, it's a lot easier, I'll say, to get weight out front. A half-out's kind of in the middle, and then an insert is on the low end. But like I say, that's all tweakable. <laughs> yeah. But if you're going to look at what components come with the arrows that you buy, that's kind of the first place to start right. is how, how much weight do you actually want up there? I think, and I think the easiest way to get into that, if, if you like, so the reason you wouldn't buy, the reason you wouldn't buy is like a 200 grain broadhead is because like, mm-hmm. and just have a regular insert is because those broadheads are far and few between and you have very little variation like if you don't like them you're kind of you're kind of stuck with one of three options correct so you buy the 125 or the 100 grain and then you load up the insert or the half out so that it gives you that extra extra weight like that's the whole purpose behind that i think the easiest way to do it is to get into it is um why yeah and i just did the black eagle rampages and they came with that half out but a brass insert Mm-hmm. Just a standard brass aftermarket insert is not expensive mm-hmm. and you can get them like 30 grains up to like 80 grains, 90 grains. Yeah. Like, yeah. and you just pull out the, in when you buy the arrows, you just have the guy, you just give it to the archery shop and go, Hey, I want, you know, 50 grain brass inserts in here. Yep. And it's okay, exactly. cool. And then just glue them in and you're, and you're done. Like, I Good think go. that's the easiest yep. way to get into that. If you really want to add weight, yep. otherwise, if you really want to go after components, the, the other thing, like, like researching, you know, uh, outserts, like there's only so many 
guys that make those and they're definitely different price points and you're like all right well which one do i go with like there's just a lot of time you can get stuck in that oh there's yeah big time and i i I was even finding guys that were making their own like literally if you use an aluminum arrow and like cut it or maybe it was like an fm no it couldn't it had to be a bigger arrow cut it so it's like two inches long and they'd actually use that as the outsert and like somehow glue it like but you'd have to obviously find the right side shaft and all that stuff but i was just like dude you guys are ridiculous to they gain got, whatever, got a lot of time. whatever that is i mean 12 grains or 15 grains up front <laughs> like dude come on right yeah it's just a lot of time on their hands yeah I was like <laughs> buy a buy a screw in brass piece and thread it into the back of your existing insert you're good to go <laughs> and you, yeah and you're done um yeah. for sure so all right that's inserts outserts half outs um spine so spine is yeah. where a ton of people and i personally went wrong for a lot of years um yeah, it's something that people tricky. don't think about a lot you just like mm-hmm. if, you, if you're not really into into it and you go to cabela's or you go to wherever your archery shop and you're just like yeah i want to shoot this arrow you know, unless you tell them your specs and everything, like they're just going to sell you the arrows, right. you know, and you could buy like, like I shoot 250 grain or 200, yeah, 250 spine arrows. Yep. So, yep. um, so and I have I'm a 30 inch, what's and I'm that? Only 10, and I'm 350 and I'm only 10 pounds lighter. Right. In, in draw weight. Exactly. And you have, but you have a hundred grain head and I have a 125 grain head yep. with a 50 yep. and I have a 50 grain half out. Do you have? Yeah, I have the same. Oh, okay. So, oh yeah, that's right. We're shooting the same arrows. Um, but yeah, so, and your, your arrows are tuning just fine. And my arrows mm-hmm. are tuning just fine. It's mm-hmm. just like, it's just a, a difference in how, how you go. And then Nick, uh, pro Nick, who we were shooting with, told me that I should be shooting 300s. Right. You know, because he said it's, yeah. he said, he said like, there's, there's a variance like 300s are more forgiving. The a lighter yeah. arrow is more forgiving. And he went into some real technical stuff that I was just like, man, I don't, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't even know how that's like how that makes sense for me. I bought yeah. the 250s. I'm, I'm just running the 250s. Yeah, <laughs> and they're no, that's good. that's interesting because like, I mean, I've obviously done a lot of paper tuning, and by far the the most common tear I see is from a weak arrow. I don't know that like, I mean, I'm sure I have, but very rarely would I see a tear and be like, yeah, dude, you're shooting way too stiff of an arrow. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, and, and most people, I don't think most people are ever going to like jump to too stiff of an arrow. Like I think. I mean, you got to make a big jump. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, like uh, there's only specific, there are only specific arrows that were a 250 spine. Oh yeah. For like, true, true. You know, and like most it, people don't, most people don't stock them. They're like special. Orders. I had to, yeah, I had to order them right. Um, right. into Papa's, but the reason, so like how you go for spine is figure out how much point weight you're going to have. And by point, I mean broadhead and your insert and then look at the spine chart for the arrow. So you need to pick the arrow first. You need to go, I want to shoot this yeah. arrow and how you come up with that. I have no idea. <laughs> right. Well, there's so I, many variables. I went on price points that go into that. I went on price point. So I knew I yeah. wanted to shoot 175 grains up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard black Eagle's a good company. So I was like, okay, I'll just look at the black Eagle arrows. 
And then I went via tolerance and I was like, I'm not like, I've listened to many podcasts and I am not good enough to understand the difference between a 0.003 and a 0.001. Like I'm not that good. So I was like, I will take a 0.003. I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. And what dozen arrows can I buy that have good ratings and good reviews that are 0.003? And I just ended up at Black Eagle. They were the least expensive for a dozen with good ratings. And that's just how I ended up there. And then there were like, they all, there were Black Eagle Rampages had a 250. And based Mm -hmm. on the spine chart, I looked at multiple spine charts. I looked at gold tip spine charts uh, black Eagle spine charts and one or two other ones. And I had to do it all with a price range, right? I had to find mm-hmm. the arrow and look at that specific spine chart and stuff like that. But they were the only, they were the least expensive that how that also had a 250 grain spine because according right. to the spine chart, like with 175 grains up front for that black Eagle rampage, I had to shoot a, a 250 in order sure. for it to like make the most sense. Sure. Um, yeah. And I think that's something a lot of people like don't, I, I just, I never really thought about it. I was just like, here, I bought this 300 grain spine arrow. I'm going to screw this 125 grain head on and I'm, I'm off and running. And that's just like, not how it works. <laughs> no. Here's, here's, so spine is the hardest part of this whole conversation. Like I'm sure we could actually go on this for a long time, but I know we'll try to keep it short, but like, and if you think about it, like, say you bought a VXR or one guy bought a VXR 70 pound 30 inch draw and another guy bought I don't know some the new Hoyt that's 70 pound 30 inch draw say there's a 15 foot per second difference between them you look at a spine chart and you say well I got a 30 inch draw and 70 pound bow boom 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 but they obviously don't shoot the same I mean the one shoots 15 feet per second faster there's a lot more torque being applied to the arrow so one guy could be in a 250 spine. The other guy could be in a 300 spine, even though they're both shooting same weight, same drawing. So that's where spine can get really tricky. And if you're looking at older bows, especially, I say older, meaning like more than right, like three or four years old, whatever. It's not even that old. <laughs> but uh, that's where it gets really tough to find the right spine just by looking at the chart. And that's where like, I like, I keep preaching about it, but you got to be able to go to your pro shop and actually test some. A lot of those places have like a shit ton of arrows just sitting there that were whatever left there. They, they use them for tuning, whatever. Ask them if you can go shoot through paper, shoot through paper, have them shoot with you, you know, kind of provide some feedback. And, you know, if if you're going to order the arrows, especially from them, they should not turn that down at all. Cause that's where I'm saying like, the difference of being in that spines category, a 250 versus a 300, you know, it depends on your bow like big time. Yeah. But I will say if you like can't do that for whatever reason, and especially if you're on the edge of like, you know, those charts, like you're, you're like, Oh, I could do a 250. I could do 300. I'm right on the freaking border. Yeah. I would say go stiff. Especially if I, let me correct that. If you're planning on shooting a hundred grain head, go stiff and if for whatever you know if you have to buy a dozen arrows and it's whatever 150 bucks and you can't make it work with a 100 grain head you can always up it to a 125 and you'll probably be right in the money because going with that little extra weight on the tip is going to soften up that arrow just a little bit okay 
Yeah. And that makes a ton of sense. And, and the other thing is keep in mind those asterisks at the bottom of a spine chart. Cause a spine chart yeah. is always made for a hundred grain head. Yep. yep. So exactly. like, so like on the black Eagle rampage spine chart, I'm at a 300. And then it yep. says, if you're moving to a 125 or heavier, like jump down a column or two yep. or whatever. And so yep. like, so I went from a 300 and, and all the ones below it were 250. So I was like, all right, if I'm like, if I'm shooting a 125, I'm going to be at a 250. And if I add 50 grand, I'm still going to be at a 250. I didn't yep. jump to like a 150 until I was at like 85 pounds or something. And I was like, ah, I'm sure. never going to make it there. <laughs> <laughs> like elephant category. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's very few people yeah. in the world who are shooting like 150 arrows. Yeah. Um, yeah. But everyone will tell you, like, they have a 32-inch draw, and I shoot 90 pounds. Oh, yeah. and... <laughs> it's 350 feet per second, baby. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So, that yeah, the spine is is a hell of a, a piece of the component to tackle, and it's probably the most important because, like, when you're buying a dozen arrows, you almost want to match the broadhead to, like, buy your dozen arrows and make sure you're in the ballpark and then – try shooting hundred grain heads versus one twenty fives. Or if you're starting, if you're, if you're okay with whatever it shakes out to in weight, right. Versus if you want to go with a specific weight. So like when I built mine, I wanted to be plus 500. So I started with a weight up front and then measured out, you know, okay, my arrows are going to be whatever, 29 inches long or something like that. Mm -hmm. So grains mm -hmm. per inch. And then I just added that plus, my insert my half out 50 grain plus you know i think it was like nine grains for each fletch like 10 grains for the knock yep. and then um whatever then i was like okay what broadhead do i need can i shoot if i could shoot 100 i probably would if mm -hmm. it if i would have been in that ballpark but i was like oh 125 will get me there so i'll just right. shoot a 125 yeah that'll get um, you to the weight that you want right right off the bat at least Right. And it got me right in that ballpark and like it, it flies well. So yeah. yeah, checking that, checking that spine chart and really understanding that in uh Kafaru cast, which is run by Aaron Snyder, who can be, what I want to say, like, con I don't even, not controversial. He just, he just tells it how it is. And some people sure. don't like to hear the truth nowadays, sure. <laughs> so, yeah. but he has, he has Levi Morgan on a few podcasts and uh and those two really get into the depth of arrow and they do really well at explaining it yeah. um and a lot of like the stuff like some of it you need to recognize one thing that i really learned is i need to recognize when like certain things don't even apply to me because i'm not good enough to understand the difference yeah <laughs> that's what's that's what's tough about listening to like levi morgan right I mean, he, <laughs> he obviously tries to dumb it down but like he's the guy that's going to be able to tell the difference between a, a left hand helical fletching and a right hand helical fletching, you know, on group size. And this is like, dude, you're a freak, man. Like, <laughs> what the I, hell? Yeah, exactly. Um, so like there's certain things that you just like, until, until you perfect your form, like just don't, yeah. and, and, and you're shooting, you know, softballs at 50 yards every time. Like just yeah. don't even worry about it. <laughs> um, but there's certain things, but I mean, paper tuning, obviously like you want your bow to paper tune, like yeah. that's something everybody should have done and everybody should do. And if you're in a hell of a pinch, put on an expandable. <laughs> if you can't paper tune yeah. it or anything yeah. like put on an expandable and try to find one or at least just sacrifice one of your expandables 
for shooting at a target. Um, that's something I didn't, I used to not do, um, but I do all the time now just to make sure that it is. Cause I, I have had expandables like playing out or, you know, shoot two inches right before. And it's like, what the yeah. hell? Like, oh, it, yeah, for sure. Same right. Thing. I mean, but you don't like, that's not how they're marketed. So you won't ever no, think. Yeah. They fly happen. like field tips. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So but there's, I mean, there's still surface area up there. That's catching wind. You can't. Yeah. It's bigger than a field. You, can't believe it. you know, exactly. Yeah. They're two and a half inch like those schwackers are two and a half three inches long you know oh yeah the length alone right you got to spin them just to make sure they're on there freaking straight yeah <laughs> that's a whole nother topic <laughs> right no shit um so yeah um start with your arrow weight or your, your tip your insert we just covered spine moving back four fletch versus three fletch um feathers versus veins blazers versus three inch or four inch I personally, um, I'm not, I just went with, uh, Aaron Snyder's recommendation, which is four fletch three inch. So he said he, and, and Levi Morgan had a similar comment. He just, it just helps your arrow stabilize better and quicker out of the bow. So three, three, three fletch will do very similar and you can definitely have three fletch and be just fine obviously oh, yeah. most people shoot and most arrows come in three fletch mm-hmm. um four fletch just adds a little bit more weight reduces uh or increases the drag of the arrow so it reduces feet per second overall but you get a little bit more stabilization out of it yep, yep. i'd kinda... say the the only the other downside so yeah it's probably going to reduce a little bit of speed but i would hardly call that noticeable but then you'd get like and it's the same with like you increase number of fletchings or increase length of fletching you're accomplishing kind of the same things but you're i think your downsides like once you get into long range or like super windy days like the wind is going to impact those more sure like so a like fletch yeah just because there's physically fletch. more surface area right sure. so if, if you have a crosswind it's going to grab that more right. like when you look at like you know these guys shooting 90 meters or whatever their veins are like the size of my freaking thumbnail like they're teeny yeah just enough just enough to stabilize the arrow and that is it but um you know when you they're not doing that with big honking broadheads either you know? <laughs> <laughs> right and yeah. their arrows are like the size of a freaking i don't even know like a, a piece of lead out of a pencil but right. um but you know if you're trying to stabilize a broadhead that's where that surface area is also going to help you know right. it stabilizes the arrow grabs that or helps with the flight of the broadhead as well mm-hmm. no and that is one thing we forgot to mention about broadheads and one of the reasons <laughs> why uh people like heavier broadheads is because it does like the more weight you have up front the more it's going to like pull that arrow in in a specific direction for the good or the worse um so like the best way i could explain it is like you know when you're a kid and you like make spears out of sticks and stuff and then you chuck them and you just make a regular stick with like you just whittle down the tip and then you chuck it and it just kind of like planes out it doesn't really like arc and stick in the ground it just kind of like falls (laughs) you know yeah versus if you had you know uh uh guy i can't think of it whatever native americans made arrowhead yeah an arrow yeah an indian yeah, spearhead of some sort <laughs> um if you put that on the front it adds weight to the front so when you throw it it arcs more like a javelin like and it'll True. stick in the ground so 
like you don't want your arrow to just like plane out out there and just do whatever the more arrow weight you have uh, up front the more tip weight the more accurate your arrow is going to be at a longer distance because it's it's not letting it's not letting the fletching like dictate how it's moving i guess it's it's pulling that arrow forward versus and that's why you don't shoot like a 50 grain broadhead is because it's just not enough tip weight to actually like keep your arrow flying straight in like a high wind scenario you know a lot of tip weight is going to keep your arrow flying where it's supposed to go in high wind sure um but like i mean you sacrifice a lot of there's a lot of different i mean you sacrifice fps for that um and that's just one thing that we forgot to cover, which you just kind of brought up, which four fletch versus three fletch, you know, um, four fletch is going to catch more in high wind days um, versus three fletch, you know, because you, you shoot, you have three fletch, right? Yeah. I went to a longer, it's a three inch this year versus, I mean, the most common profile you'll see is like a blader vein, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't walk into an archery, anywhere that sells archery equipment that has arrows and they're going to have blazer veins on them. Like, yep. I would say 99 out of all. Why is times. that? Do you think they're just, <laughs> dude, they just caught, I mean, they were on fire and they came out of, they came right out of the feathers and long, you know, plastic veins that feathers get beat up and those long plastic veins would kind of warp or whatever. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. boom, these, these tiny little blazer veins. They were super stiff, super, you know, they keep their shape. You could, you know, if you leave a, like sometimes if you crunch a bunch of arrows into a case and you pull them out and all of a sudden all the veins are all bent over and stuff like that, like they they either don't do that or they like return to shape easily, but they're the higher profile. So it kind of makes up for the, like they're physically wider. So it makes up in surface area for the shortness of the vein, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's but they're I taller. I, they're taller. Yeah, yeah. They're taller. So, so I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, they just caught it by freaking storm, and everybody took it on. And they're they're awesome. I mean, I still I I do like blazers, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, this year, for absolutely no reason at all, I just decided to change just because that's how I am. I just you like wanted to try. Shit. Yeah. And then you're glued. But, uh, you can't get them things to glue on. Then don't get me started. That's a different topic. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's another thing, though, is they're super easy to fletch. And, like, you can use freaking any kind of glue, and it holds awesome that I've seen, at least. Yeah. And, you know, they steer broadheads plenty fine, good enough for for you and me. You know, Levi might say otherwise, but (laughs) I I don't know. know Yeah. And you know what's interesting is, like, Levi Morgan shoots schwackers. He doesn't shoot fixed blades. Yeah. Yeah. I know, which makes me, like – the reason I wonder that is like, okay, why wouldn't you shoot a fixed blade? And maybe Schwacker pays him a lot of money and Schwackers are good broadheads and he likes them. So why would he switch? Um, right. You know, but at the same time, I, yeah. And Levi would, you know, shoot the, you know, shoot the heart in half every time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that yeah. last video dude that he did, I, and they, I don't know if they mentioned it or if I saw it in the comments, but he shot that that Matthews uh, proving grounds video. He shot a goat at 105 yards, 100 yards. in the heart. Yeah, I like, saw that. Give me a break, dude, dude. He's a freak. <laughs> but I bet you that that plays a part. I bet in his broadhead selection is like, even with a super awesome, super duper small profile fixed blade broadhead at 100 yards, 
It's I think it's yeah. gonna it's it's gonna plane. Like I oh, mean, yeah. I'd be yeah. I'd be hard hard impressed if I found you know if someone could shoot one at a hundred yards consistently and not have a plane. I think like, he damn. I think he he even said that he in yeah. one podcast he was like if you put a million dollars on the table and I, t- I told you to shoot, you know, like the softball at a hundred yards, you know, and you, and you get three shots, are you going to do it? And you'd be like with a broadhead. And they were like, yeah. And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I could do that, man. Right. I mean, shit give me just a paper plate. happens, you right? know, like any, yeah. any kind of breeze, any conditions that are not ideal and that thing's going to, it's going to move like there's surface area there. There's no, yeah. there's no way around it ultimately. And then a schwacker has a little bit, you know, the, the, the blades that kick the big blades open yeah. are still there, but they're just like tiny little pimples sticking out. Yeah. You know? Little nubs. Yeah. So that, that's probably a big part in it is he's known for taking those long shots and yeah. he needs a broadhead. That's not going to pull his arrow off 12 inches just <laughs> from the broadhead, you know? Right. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, as far as fletching goes, um, I'm in the category of I'm not I'm not good enough to notice the difference between three and four. So I'm just going to take the recommendation of people that are yeah. that I look up to in the archery world and go with what they what they have. Yeah. I don't think like yeah, I don't think that's a huge difference. I, I mean, you know, it adds mine adds nine more grains, but that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that for fletching. Um, then for, uh, and if, and if you, if you like, if you notice a huge difference between three grain and four grain or three fletch and four fletch, you're better than 95% of the archers in the world. <laughs> like of the hunting guys, like the guys who just, oh, hunt. Yeah. uh, yeah. most people can't, can't tell that difference. No. Um, no. so then moving back to the knock, I just shoot regular knocks. Um, well, I, I shoot uh, the regular knocks that come with it and nocturnals. And I like those nocturnals um, for a lot of reasons. But the main, the main two is, A, I like to I film. And when you film and you uh, shoot a deer with, a, with an arrow and you have that nocturnal on, it's awesome. So you can see exactly where you hit. Same, yeah. same in real life. You can see exactly yeah. where you hit. Like that's yeah. the reason I, I shoot those. Right. It's just because right. I want to know. Exactly. And I think it's, I mean, it's a little silly to not shoot them because you're worried about weight or something like that. And just have that confidence of shoot, you know, like I shot that deer. Oh, was it, I didn't really see where I hit. It kind of looked like lungs, but at the same time kind of seemed a little far back. Maybe it was more like liver or maybe in your guts. Like if you have a lighted dock, like, like, Oh yeah, I hit it in the right there, you know, the last rib. Even if, you know, broad daylight, late in the evening, early in the morning, whatever, like it tells you. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're, as long as you see it impact, obviously, but the the 10 extra grains that it adds or whatever it is, 12 extra grains. I don't know. Is it right? So I I have a, I have a friend who has a shorter draw length. It's like a 26 and he was of the mind like and he got it he was shooting heavy foc arrows and he still does and all of his friends do because Mm -hmm. they had one friend who shot an elk and it stuck in and he was shooting like a 400 grain 450 grain arrow and he's a 30 inch draw at 70 pounds 
sure. shooting a rage and he had like zero penetration. And then the next day, this kid with 26 inch draw shooting the same 450 grain arrow because his arrow is just so short, mm-hmm. um, stuck one and passed completely through. Um, you know, and, and he hit like he broke one rib, I think, on the way through and he just passed all the way through. And so now they're all shooting that setup and that's the Valkyrie setup. Um, yeah. But he also said to me, I was like, why don't you shoot a nocturnal? Why don't you shoot a light knock? And his response was, well, I want less weight in the back. I want more weight up front. And I, I, I said, well, does that like, is that 10 grains going to matter? And he's like, well, it's like one to 2% FOC. And I was like, is that going to matter or not? Right. And, and right. his response was every percentage point counts. And, um, and then he had, I think he's switching to nocturnals this year now mm-hmm. because he shot one and he couldn't tell where he hit it yeah, and he wanted exactly. to know. And yeah. that's just the whole point of shooting those. And so he's now yeah. he's willing to sacrifice that one to 2% for yep. that confidence and knowing you, cause that's the difference in going to look for them in 30 minutes or going to look for them in eight hours. The next day. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Right. Yeah. Cause you, sometimes like, you don't, you don't find your arrow right away. Maybe it's, Maybe it's still stuck in them. I don't know. Maybe that high LFOC makes them pass through. I don't know. Whatever. Say your arrow's gone <laughs> and you don't find blood for the first or real blood for the first 30 yards. I mean, if you go another 30 yards, you could potentially jump them. So it's kind of yeah. like, well, I'd rather know exactly where I hit them. Like, yeah. to, in my eyes, the benefits far outweigh the negatives, the cons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. And then just finding your arrow afterwards. Well, yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. just finding your arrow and then you can check blood easy. Yes. Like one, I mean, there's so many advantages to finding your arrow afterwards. For so, sure. for sure. Um, especially if you're doing like a quartering towards shot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, finding that arrow afterwards will really tell you yeah. where you hit or it yeah. can give you good indication at least. Yeah. Um, dude, these, I got, uh, I got them right here. Actually, they're new Fletch is the brand. They're igniter lighted knocks. I've heard of they, them. They were, I'd never heard of them until this year, and I just did some research on them. But they, uh, I forget what a Black Eagle knock weighs. I want to say it's like 12 grains or something like that. These things are like 19 grains, and it's a lighted knock, and it's like bright as shit. So I'm like, okay, for seven extra grains, like what is the big downside there in yeah. my eyes? So it's no, like, I, I agree, and I'm not. I'm not advocating for nocturnals. Um, oh, right, right. But I'm just saying there's there's lighter weight designs. Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of different designs out right. there that you can Yeah, you got Luminox, you got Fire Knox, you got yeah. Nocturnals, yeah. and you got those new oh, Fletch. And I've seen those new Fletch, and there's a couple other ones out there, but I shot those yeah. Fire Knox. I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't too impressed with them. Um, yeah. They weren't as bright as I'd hoped they were, and right. I couldn't get them to – Sometimes they wouldn't turn on. Sometimes they would turn on. Yeah. So I just, well, I, I just kind of got rid of those. Um, and then Luminox, I didn't, I don't, I've never, I've shot them one year and I just didn't have an issue. I didn't have an issue with them at all or anything. I yeah. just felt like switching one year. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Nice thing about like Nocturnal. I've shot Nocturnals for years. I love them, but they're kind of, I'll call them disposable once you, pass through something like so much blood gets inside of the knock itself that like usually either shorts out or it like turns on spontaneously after the fact (laughs) and then you go and look at it the next day and it's like dead right so like 
but they're cheap too. They're like I think they're the cheapest kind. Twenty five bucks or thirty bucks for twenty five for, for three of them or something like yeah. that. I think I think Luminox are like twelve bucks a piece. I forget what these were. I think they were in that ten or twelve bucks a piece range too. Okay, but it's like you know, as long as you're not going to shoot twenty deer in a year and expect to you know put a new lighted knock in each one, you're good for a pretty long time with those. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, cool. Well, now I think I mean that covers the entire arrow. So <laughs> that's it. Back on track again. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that covers the entire arrow build, and and really what it comes down to is are like i always start with like fixed blade or mechanical and like whatever you want to shoot like go for it the pros of fixed blade is you're going to have better penetration and it's always going to be open you're not going to have any failures and if you hit something it's going to keep going for the most part you know 95 percent of the time but and but you need to tune and it has yeah. to be tuned extremely well and you and you need to put in the effort yeah um expandable on that note, if you shoot expandables to try to get away from the tune, you should still try to tune. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is like a last day. stitch. If you're resorting to expandables because of the tune, go to the pro shop and get some help. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely, I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're shooting like, like, er, like, so this guy that I follow, his name's Taylor Chamberlain. He's an urban bow hunter on Instagram. He shoots he shoots all rages and I'm not like too, I'm not too fond of that, but his, his reason for shooting like a two and a half inch rage is because he hunts in urban settings and he, most of his shots are under 30 yards and he's yeah. shooting whitetails and he just wants to put the biggest hole he can in them and have yeah, them fall so as quick as he can. So they don't them. run onto the neighbors or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, and that's a great, that's a great reason to, and he shoots, uh, I mean, his number, he shot over 120 deer last year with his, really? yeah, oh like God. stupid amounts. So <laughs> what, when he talks about broadheads, like I kind of have to listen yeah. <laughs> because yeah. of that fact, but yeah. he's also sponsored by sponsored by rage. So he gets a sure. hundred. I mean, that's the big problem with expandables too, is they're disposable. Most of them are disposable. They're not One time use. I'd say, yeah. Right. So, you know, if you're looking at, you know, like I bought iron wills because I'm hoping that like they have like for essentially a lifetime warranty. And I'm hoping that in six years, I'm still shooting the same iron wills right. and I'm like, you can just resharpen them and go. And that's why you like G5 Montex so much is because mm -hmm. you just resharpen them and they're good yep. to go. And they'll like, I mean, I've had, uh, I had a Montec bend after I shot, I passed through a deer. Mm -hmm. I think I s stuck it in like a stump in the ground or something. And, yeah. it bent, and it's just, it is what it is at that point. Sure. But if you find your arrow afterwards, like you can sharpen that bad boy up and put her back on, mm -hmm. you're good to go. That's another great yeah. reason to use fixed blades is because they're reusable. Um, right. So in Most terms of, of dollars, it could be much more advantageous to use fixed blades than mechanicals. Um, mm -hmm. and I know a lot of mechanicals come with like spare blades and stuff, but most of the time that ferrule's bent yeah, <laughs> ferrule or like, or like the tip itself. And then it's yeah. like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's just, it's just not worth it. Um, right. but yeah, expandables are going to give you a bigger hole and you don't have to be as, as perfect with your tune. That's, that's the, that's, that's the big thing with those. And then from there, you know, just work back and, and do your best to get your spine chart right. 
And this is like, I'm trying to give just a quick summary here, but yeah, just do your best to get your spine chart right. And if you have bought your broadheads already, or you know where you want to be at with your broadheads and your point weight, then fix your spine to your, to your arrow weight, or if, or you can do it vice versa. And if you've already bought the arrows and you're trying to figure out what heads you want to shoot, then just match a head to your head to your spine, you know, and that goes for poundage too. Cause you might be shooting like, you know, if you're shooting a 300 grain spine or a 300 spine, and you're cranked all the way up to 70 pounds, maybe you back it off a little bit. Like you're at 65 and shooting three fifties. Um, but maybe you back it off a little bit and all of a sudden your, your arrows are flying a lot better because yep. now you're not putting as much power behind them. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that's another thing you can do. Um, and that's also like sacrificing, you know, feet per second. It's just, it's all, it's, it's all in my brain. It works as all these gears that just need to work yeah. together to create this. Yeah. One, it's a balancing act. Yeah. this one perfect arrow, but yeah, really it's, it comes down to your spine and your broadhead and, and it's just playing around and checking all those things out and running the numbers. Yeah. And there's a lot of different forums, a lot of different websites to check all that stuff out on. Yeah. All right. You good with that? You got any, any last remarks, any closing statements or anything? That was my quick summary. Uh, what about no, wraps? I, what do you feel about wraps? Are they just, are they just um, cool toys? if you, if you reflect your own arrows, wraps a lot. <laughs> wraps are nice just from a cleanup standpoint, like scraping old super glue off your arrows and especially depending on what kind of arrows you, you have, you know, a lot of times the finish and stuff gets scraped off and it just kind of makes them look like crap. Or you can actually like gouge into your, into that rear end of your arrow just by cleaning your veins off the shaft. Right. So wraps make that a lot easier, but again, you're adding, you're adding weight to the back of the arrow. So if that's, an, if that's a negative side, you know, that's something to consider. I don't look at wraps as like, Oh, it's not going to, it's not going to tell me if I hit that deer in the lungs or the liver, you know, it's more just like a looks thing in my eyes. Like I, I refletch the crap out of my arrows and I don't use wraps. It's just a little more extra scraping I have to do, but they do definitely make refletching easier just for, by a cleanup standpoint. Right. And if you got some, like, especially if you use like a camo arrow, if you go to refletch it, like when you scrape that fletching off, that camo is coming right off with it. So if you want to keep that camo kind of pristine or like, or a wrap would then cover it up, you know, if you did scratch it, like. You got to keep that resale value high. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's more how I look at wraps though. It's, it's yeah. a looks thing and it makes refletching a little easier, but other than that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, yeah, I have, I have no opinion on wraps. I've never shot one. I think they look cool, but I've just like, I've never wanted to put the extra money into them is really yeah. <laughs> what it comes yeah, down to. Exactly. I just don't want to buy. I don't want to exactly. buy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. cool. I guess, Thanks for having words on, Parker. Would, well, final words would be like, you know, we, we obviously didn't talk a ton in the fletchings, but if you, uh, if you don't refletch, I would say like go with something safe, go with something like, especially if the pro shop like recommends something that they have a lot of experience with, go with that. Otherwise go with like a blazer vein. Don't go and be like, Oh, I want to try this new fangled vein. That's supposedly hot on the market. Put them all on my arrows. And then if you, if something goes wrong with those veins, you don't like those veins, you got to bring them all to someone else to refletch. You know, it's like, 
I don't even know what it is. Three, four bucks an arrow probably. I mean, that yep. gets expensive pretty, pretty quick. quick. Yeah. So play it safe unless you're into tinkering. <laughs> <laughs> unless you have the time. Well, yeah, that too. That too. Yeah. That's what a lot of this stuff comes down to is like, I want to tinker, yeah. but I don't have the time to tinker. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously. I mean, I, I do have the time. I don't prioritize it. I have other things that right. I want to do. And it's just right. like, I just, I, I just want something that shoots really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. just, yeah. Just set me up. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool, man. Thanks for hopping on. Appreciate it. You bet. Thank you.